Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the When the Cleats Come Off podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Burkhart, and I am stoked to talk about this topic. And this topic this week is goal setting. I can't tell you how many athletes I've met that don't have goals for themselves. And so when they come up to me at a lesson and I say, what's your goal? And they're like, I don't know. I get excited because it's the day that they're going to pursue something that they didn't really know that they wanted until today when they dreamt something up and decided this was going to be the thing that they were after. And it's so motivating being able to watch athletes say, oh, I want to hit my first home run. And all of a sudden at this lesson that we have, they're hitting the ball harder than they ever have before. But that's how the athletes' minds work. They need a goal to be after to become the best versions of themselves. So grab your athlete and let's get started. Hey there, I'm Ashley Burkhart, owner of Ashley V Training, former D1 athlete, and professional athlete in the game of softball. I even spent a little bit of time coaching at the college level as well. But now I coach athletes and especially youth athletes. And I try to teach them the ways to become the very best versions of themselves. And I know that they can't do that without a support system that will do anything and everything to make sure their dreams and their goals happen for them. A lot of times I hear parents and coaches saying, hey, I'm just going to dish my athlete off to you. Hopefully you can figure out what her issue is. Here's the deal. That's not how we should coach. That's not how we should parent. And I can tell you right now, I'm not a parent, but your athlete is the most influenced by you. And I truly believe that you are one of the reasons why she plays the game. And I truly believe you are one of the reasons why she plays so hard. So if we can learn from some of the greats, I'm going to have some of the best softball players, some of the best softball players, parents, even my parents and my family are going to be on this podcast, sharing our journeys with you so that when the cleats do come off, you know what to say so that she can learn from her mistakes sooner so that she can become the best version of her. And that's what we want. We want our athletes to be able to thrive, and that's why we're here. So welcome to this podcast. This is going to get real. This is going to get deep, and I'm here to challenge your thinking. That's why I coach. I'm really excited for you to be here, and I can't wait to hear who else is going to be along this journey with us, learning from some of the best. I'm going to be learning too. So whip out your notebook, and let's head to the next episode. So today we're going to go over step-by-step how to create a goal and how to make it happen. So a lot of people, they dream up these big goals and they get so excited about it, but as soon as they realize the work that it's going to actually take to make it happen, they get overwhelmed and they stop. And that's one thing that I see throughout the game of softball, but really all throughout all sports. And I want to be able to help athletes really set a specific goal and learn how to attain it. So I'm going to give you five steps on how to create a goal and help make it happen for you. So let's start with step one. So if you have no goal or maybe haven't really thought about a goal specifically, I want you to try this. Don't worry. Nobody's going to be able to see you, but I want you to close your eyes and truly think about something that you want so bad 
And it's something that maybe someone you know has achieved, or maybe you've seen it on TV and you're like, wow, I would love to be in that person's shoes. Whatever it is, I want you to close your eyes and dream it up. Now, I want you to imagine yourself in that scenario that you have achieved this dream. If you can see it, you can believe it. And I truly believe that. It's not just something that, you know, I saw on the internet and I'm like, I'm preaching it out to everybody. No, it's so true. If you can dream it up, you can see yourself in those shoes, there is a way for you to get there. Now, I will tell you, there's no cookie cutter version of you getting to that step, getting to that goal. But as long as you can see yourself there, you're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen for you. So as long as you can dream it up, you're in a good spot. So that's step number one. Close your eyes and dream it up. I don't care if you take five minutes, 30 minutes, an hour to dream up what this is. But whatever it is that you want, it's also got kind of got to scare you a little bit. All right. Now for step two. This is probably the most important step of all of the steps. So after dreaming it up, you got to write it down. Because if you don't write it down, you're going to forget that feeling of what you just felt when you closed your eyes and you dreamt up that amazing thing. And the worst thing is, if you just tell yourself, this is where I want to be, and that's it, you're not quite going to get the same feeling that you could have if you write down every single feeling that you're going to have. And honestly, like, let's, for example, dream up the fact that we want to play D1 softball. I know not everybody wants to do this, but I like speaking on this one because this was one of the first dreams I remember having for myself. And I do really remember the steps that it took for me to get there. So the first step with me was dreaming up. I want to play D1. The second step of writing it down, you know, honestly, I don't really remember this part specifically for me doing it, but I wish that I would have done this right away because if I wrote it down, let's say in a journal, and you guys know how much I love journaling, only if you follow me, you probably know that, but I do. I love it. It's so powerful to be able to write things down. They say it's 70, you're 70% more likely to pursue something when you write it down. And not just pursue something, but remember it. And if you can remember and be very specific on what it is that you want to do, your money. And what I like to do also with this step, this is like a little bonus step. Don't just write it down in a journal on like how you see yourself being in this position. I also want you to write it down on like a few post-it notes. And if you can write it on a few post-it notes and like put one in your bathroom on your mirror or one in your bedroom right next to your bed or one in your calendar, or one on the refrigerator, something like that. If you can put it on there and you can see it often, you're more likely going to make decisions that day that are going to help you make that thing happen. So when it's specific and you can write it down and you can look at it often, you're reminding yourself of where you're headed and every decision you're going to make from then on out is going to go towards that goal. So step two write it down. Step number three, we're going to create a few mini goals to help you pursue the big time goal. I like to, I like to call the goal, like the big one that's kind of scary, but is exciting. That's like our big time goal. And so now we're going to create three mini goals that are going to help you get there. So these I remember are pretty much goals that I created when I um, wanted to play D1 softball. And again, 
not everybody's dreaming up the goal of playing D1, but hopefully this will give you an idea of three mini steps or mini goals that'll help me get to that D1 team that I wanted to play for. So simple things like this, practicing four to five times a week. That was kind of just something instilled to me because my dad, um, when I said that I wanted to play D1 softball, my dad goes, you know, you're going to have to practice harder than everybody else. And I was like, I'm willing to do that. I'm ready to do that. So we practice four to five times a week, sometimes six times, sometimes seven days a week. Um, maybe if I was getting ready for a big, you know, world series or something, I was really just making sure I honed in on my skills to be ready for that. So committing to maybe practicing four to five times a week will help me get to that goal. Now the second tier, so the second step to get me closer to that goal would be to play for the best team in the area. So, you know, there were not as many options growing up when I was growing up that there are now. But there were specific teams throughout the country that, you know, especially the Midwest where I'm from, that were high level teams that I knew that if I wanted to, like I said in the last episode, be the best, I had to play against the best. And so I needed to make sure that I was playing against the best so that I can see the best competition and make sure that either I learn a ton from that experience and really just show up in a way to where I'm not, I'm tested more. Because when you play for a team where you're not really being tested, you're not really being challenged, therefore you're not really growing. So I knew and my family knew that the best thing that we could have done was play for the best team in the area for me to have the best shot to play D1. Because not only was this the best team in the area, travel team, they were playing against the best competition. And when you're playing against the best competition, a lot of college coaches are going to travel to that area to go watch those athletes compete against each other so they can find who they want to add to their own roster. So I knew it was really necessary for me to play for a high-level team for me to get there. So if we're thinking about, you know, baby steps and and goal setting, your first tier should be something that, you know, it's going to be tough to do. So for me, practicing four to five times a week, I would much rather, you know, practice once a week, but I know that it's not going to help me get to my goal, right? But if I knew it was going to help me get to my goal, practicing four to five times a week was a challenge and a stretch, but I knew it was something that I was capable of doing. So my dad really kept me accountable to practicing those four to five times a week. And I knew that was something that I wasn't currently doing when I decided to make this goal, but it's something that was going to push me out of my comfort zone. So once I started hitting four to five times a week and it was just kind of routine and habitual, then it was time to go on to the next goal. So I hope this is kind of like making sense. So you don't want to just hit and try to do all of these things to make this big time goal happen for you at one time. You really got to take it step by step and go all in on one mini goal at a time in pursuit of the big one, because it can get overwhelming if you try to think that you need to do a million things or even just like 10, 20, 30 things at a time. Just really focus on one tough thing that you haven't achieved yet, but you know that you should be doing, then move on to the next one and then move on to the next one and then move on to the next thing. So those are the first two. So practice four four to five times a week was pretty much the first step. Once I started getting really good at that, it was time to play for the best team in the area because I started becoming one of the better teams on my teams. So I knew I needed to be on a team that challenged me. So the last and final tier, you know, and and again, this could be different for anyone, but you you can put something like, send emails to my top 10 schools, top 10 schools that I'd love to play for, send them an email. 
or give them a call. Communicate with those schools because I know in those of you that are in pursuit of, let's say, playing D1, you know, that seems like something that's kind of overwhelming and scary. But again, your big time goal is over. It's scary, right? It's, it's a scary thing. But these are things that are necessary. If you don't email a single coach or call a single coach, how are they going to know about you, right? So this was another goal that, you know, I didn't want to send emails to my top 10 schools if I, if I wasn't practicing as much as I was and I wasn't playing for a top tier team. But because I had already done steps one and step two, inside those emails, I can put things saying that, you know, I played for this team and this is when we're going to play and this is where we're going to play and things like that. So sending emails and calling these coaches was a necessary step for me to go play. Now, I will tell you, there were tons of other things that, you know, went into making my big time goal a reality. But these were three of like kind of the big steps for me. And so again, everybody's journey is different. But those were three things that I knew I needed to do in order to make my big time goal happen. So whatever your big time goal is, let's say it's to hit your first home run ever. You can come up with three things that you know is going to be necessary for you to get to that goal faster. You can't predict when your first home run is going to happen, right? There's no prediction on, oh, this is, this is the pitch right here. This is the one that I'm going to put over the fence. No, it happens when you least expect it. But three things that you could do to make that goal happen are, am I hitting three times a week? Do I have a hitting coach? Do I study hitting on YouTube? Just simple things that you know maybe you're not doing, but when you can do those and become habitual with those routines, your big time goal of hitting a home run will happen sooner. So think about that. Whatever your big time goal is, think of three things, three stair steps that it's going to take for you to reach that goal. And yes, you should start with one. So that's the next step. So step four is take action on the first step. Not the step of this podcast, but the step of the three stepping stones we just talked about. So let's go back to the D1 softball. If my first step is to practice four to five times a week, that's my first goal is to work on that, go all in on practicing four to five times a week. And obviously practicing the things that you have not perfected, it does not help you if you're practicing things that you're already good at, right? You still need to practice those a little bit, but you should probably hone in on the things that you know are your separator, you know, are the things that you haven't perfected and you know that are necessary for you to make your big time goal happen. So if we go back to the D1 softball, practicing four to five times a week, Once I started doing that and it was like routine and habitual and it was like, okay, we got this in the bag, then it was time to play for that that team. Because here's the deal. When I was practicing four to five times a week and I was on my first team, I started becoming really good and I was seeing that progress. So once you start seeing that progress and you're like, I'm ready for the next step, boom, it's time. So for me, it was playing for the best team in the area. So then I could go on to the next one. Now that I'm, you know, and obviously a lot goes into playing for the best team in the area. I had to go to a tryout with like 50 other kids to try to make this team. Obviously, I had to prepare for that tryout. Obviously, I had to work on my mental game, make sure I was confident. So a lot of things go into each step. And that's the whole point of a big time goal. It's like, there's a lot of things that go into it. But if you can be very clear on which step you're headed in pursuit of the big time goal, it makes the big time goal seem not as scary. So go one at a time. Okay, go one step, literally one step at a time. Do not try to bombard your mind with 
45 million different things that you're going to need to do to make that big, big time goal happen for you. Pick the thing that, you know, you think you can start doing right now. I just snapped. I hope you guys heard that on the microphone, but I don't know if you could, but pick the one thing that you can, you can start doing right now and start making yourself really good at that. And then find the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And before you know it, you're going to be at your big time goal. It's kind of crazy how this works, but it's true. Now, step number five, this is going to be one that if you, if you skip this step, you're likely going to lose your focus. So really, really pay attention here. Step five is basically writing down your goal every single day. Okay. I will tell you that I did not do this growing up, but I wish I would have because there were days where I felt lost and overwhelmed. And, you know, I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to make it. I don't, I don't think I'll ever play D1 because of, you know, maybe I had an awful weekend and I thought that was the end of me. Isn't that funny how, how our minds think when we're younger, but you know, there were days where I lost my focus and I truly believe, like I said before, when you write down your goal, you remind yourself of where you're headed and you're going to make decisions that day based on how you're going to make that goal happen. So I do this with my athletes now, which is why I'm adding it to this step. Writing down your goal should be habitual and you should do it every single morning. And currently I do this now because obviously I don't have, you know, playing goals anymore, but I have personal goals and things that I would love to pursue in my business. But there are things that, you know, when you don't, when you forget about where you're headed, you really start going off that, that path that you had created for yourself. And it's, it's easy. And like, I've done this before. I've gone a month without writing down what my big time goal is. And then I saw myself focused on something that had nothing to do with my big time goal. And I was like, wow, I definitely feel like I took a step back. But truly, I firmly believe this. And this is something that Rachel Hollis, who is my business coach, taught me. She said, really, really pay attention and focus on the big time goal, on whatever it is that you have your mindset on. And if you can remind yourself every morning of that goal happening for you, you're going to be able to make decisions that day and you're going to be able to plan things that day that are either going to help your goal or hurt it. And if you can start the day with reminding yourself of what your goal is, you're not going to hurt it. You're going to put things in your schedule that are going to make it happen for you. So when she taught me that, I was like, Whoa, wowza, <laughs> wowza. This was like something that really was like a light bulb that went off in my head. I was like, yeah, that's so true. Like the times where I felt lost, I did not see the end of the road. I did not see that big, clear vision, you know, at the top of the staircase. But when I come back to it and I start writing down my goal and I start reminding myself, okay, which tier am I on? Which step am I on? I clearly got off, you know, the, the path that I gave myself, but I can get back on it right now. It's huge motivation for me because where I was at was clearly not where I wanted to be, but you know, where I want to be in five years down the road, 10 years down the road. And that may seem like a lot of time for some of you. So if that is, does seem like a lot of time, just go like one year at a time, one goal at a time, goals that you can attain probably within the next year or two, or even a month, like goals. It, there's no timeline on, you know, when you're going to make that goal happen. But especially when I was, you know, play D1, obviously that's something that I had to decide or get chosen to play on a team somewhere between my junior and senior year, which it happened to be my junior year. But some goals are so big that, you know, you're, you don't know when you're going to attain it. And some 
goals are, they do have a timeline because, you know, with the timeline, yes, it adds some pressure, but if anything, it may have made me love, you know, hitting under pressure. I loved having two strikes on me. And I know that probably sounds so wild and weird. Most people are like, no, I don't hit well with two strikes. I don't know why, but you know, I just talked to my sister about this too. And she was saying, yeah, I, I feel so confident with two strikes. I was like, whoa, really? Me too. And stats do not prove that people <laughs> like if you go over the stats and, you know, NCAA softball hitting with two strikes or getting a hit with two strikes is not very common, but for some reason, Christina and I like it, but I truly be- believe that pressure, um, you know, it's almost like that type of privilege and, you know, having the pressure of, you know, wanting to play D1, it was like, okay, what is the next step I need to do? What is the next thing that I need to do to make sure I can get to that goal? And then all of a sudden it was my junior year and I had, you know, tons of visits and I went to a bunch of camps and I did all of these things, all these XYZs to help me get to that goal. But it was truly, you know, an emphasis of, you know, what's the next best thing that I can be doing to help me get there. And that really helped me make that decision, um, you know, each day, you know, what's something that I can do to get one step closer? Uh, What's one thing that I can do, mental game or physical game or whatever, to get one step closer? And it, it just makes the process more enjoyable. When you can think about, you know, something that you're in pursuit of and you don't enjoy the process of getting there, is it truly what you want? Like the days along that journey of mine to want to play D1 softball were really like some days were just tough, like awful. Like, do I want to play anymore type of awful? But when, you know, I'd have my parents tell me, hey, you can do this. And that encouragement from them and the encouragement from some coaches and the encouragement from some teammates, like, Ash, you can do this. It really gave me that affirmation and that joy. And you know what? I need to honor the fact that, you know, right now I'm struggling, but clearly it's necessary for me to succeed. So, you know, having the goal is one thing, right? But being able to enjoy the process in pursuit of that goal, that's, that's the tougher thing. And if you're human, you're going to have days where you don't know if you can get there. Everybody, everybody feels that. Top-level CEOs, high-level D1 softball players, Team USA softball players, they have their doubts too. You're not the only one that has doubts, all right? So once you can realize that, then you can be like, okay, if I want to play at a high-level D1 or if I want to do X, Y, Z, someone has likely already done it. And if you can have a role model that can help guide you there and say, you know, what would so-and-so do? It'll help you get through those tough days. And, you know, I've just decided next week the topic's going to be role models. Next week, we're going to talk about, you know, the power of having a role model and how that role model can help guide you to where you want to be. You know, being the firstborn, I had a role model and her name was Caitlin Lowe. She played at Arizona and coaches there now. She was a slapper and she was amazing. And I started watching her right when I flipped from the right side to the left side. And she could do everything. She could lay down a bunt. 
She could slap a ball over the fence. She can slap the ball wherever she wanted on the field. She stole bases like crazy. I don't want to go too far into details because I'm sure this is what I'm going to talk about with you next week, but having a role model is powerful. And, you know, having, you know, in your mind while you're in pursuit of a goal and being able to tell yourself, hey, what would Caitlin Lowe do? Like when you're having a terrible day, ball went through your legs, not going well, what would Caitlin do? She'd hold herself accountable. She'd hold her head high. She'd be a good teammate. She would do everything possible to make sure it didn't happen again and be ready for the next pitch. That's what Caitlin would do. So having that reminder for me really helped the journey and helped me enjoy the journey so much more because I was able to make pivots in my game. I was able to, you know, get over my fears faster and get over my failures faster and learn from them and move on. So having a role model is so powerful. So I hope you tune in next Wednesday when our episode drops. I'm going to talk about role models and the power of it. But, you know, until then, I would really, really, really encourage you to go through these five steps. So let's just do a quick recap. One, you got to close your eyes and dream it up. Two, you got to write it down. Be specific. Be so specific on that goal to like, for me wanting to play D1, I could imagine myself you know, wearing a college uniform and wearing this number and, you know, seeing myself making diving plays on a college field and being on TV and like dreaming it up and being specific about that. Those were things that you should be writing down. Step number three, make your three stair steps, your three mini goals. What are they going to be? And a quick tip here is if it's hard to come up with three things, I want you to do like set a timer for five minutes and just do a massive, what I call brain dump. Actually, this is what Rachel Hollis told me, but do a brain dump where inside a journal, you just write down all the things that you think you need to do from now until that goal happens to make it happen for you and just write all the things that come to mind. And then after you write that list, pick three from that list, pick three that are bold, pick three that you've never done before. And you know, this is definitely going to be a big one for me. And that's an easier way to write down the three. Um, But next step, step four, take action on step number one. Okay. Take action on step number one, whatever it is. Like, let's say you're doing the D1 and you say, I want to practice four four or five times a week. Don't wait till tomorrow to practice. Do it today. Do it right now. Because we can all have that. I'll do it tomorrow. But then guess what? More things come up. But the way to hold yourself accountable is to start now and develop that discipline right away. So that's number four. Step five, write down your goal every single day. Try for 30 days to not forget this step. This is a big one, okay? Because like I said, you'll lose your focus if you don't write it down. So every single morning, challenge yourself for 30 days, maybe at the same time every day, write down your goal. Because if you can do that, you can dream up every single day, how am I going to get closer to it? And that's where you want to be, friends. You want to get closer to your goal every single day, whether that's working on your confidence in your mental game, whether that's, you know, hitting in the backyard with dad or going to a lesson or making the most of practice, staying after practice to work on a skill, whatever it is. Those things are going to start happening when you have a goal in mind and you're in pursuit of it. 
So this is actually this practice that we just went over. It's something that I dive pretty deep into, into the $7 Goal Smasher course. And that course I developed over quarantine because I, I realized a lot of athletes, one, needed something to do, but two, were losing some confidence because they didn't know when quarantine was going to end and they, didn't, and they didn't know when they were going to play again. And it's, like I said, it's hard to put work into something when you don't know a timeline, when you don't know, you know, when you're going to be able to get back on the field. And so I came up with 14 different ways, and there's actually some bonuses inside the course to gain confidence. And honestly, having a goal is one of the easiest ways to gain confidence in yourself because not everybody has a goal, but you can be one of the few that has a clear goal and knows exactly where she's headed. Just imagine if you had this big time goal and you're like, this is what I'm in pursuit of. This is what I'm going to make happen. If you can have that in mind, you're going to set yourself apart from the rest. And one last bonus tip, you're not going to get there alone. So when you come up with this big time goal, I need you to tell your parents. I need you to tell those teammates that are very close to you. And I truly, I need you to tell those people that you know are going to be necessary along that process. So maybe your travel ball coach, maybe your current coach. Let them know what your goals are so they can help you get there. Because that big time goal, it's going to take a longer time to, for you to get that goal if you go by yourself. So use those people you trust and the people that are in your corner to help you get there. All right. Well, I hope you're motivated and inspired to write down this goal and to go through these five steps. If you loved these five steps and you're like, oh my gosh, my best friend, or my parents need to hear this. If you are in a, at a point right now where you're like, someone else needs to hear this, please go share it with them. Because imagine if this game had a ton of athletes with a ton of goals in it, how motivated each person would be on the field and how much better this game would be if that was the case. So go create your goal. And I'm your biggest cheerleader. I want to see you write up these goals. I want to see you put these goals into action. Because you're your biggest motivation. And one of the best ways to be motivated is to be after something. Good luck. So there you have it. Another episode of When the Cleats Come Off is completed. And if you loved it, I would love if you shared this with your softball community. The only way this game grows is if we have people like you that are eager to learn more and are eager to also share that new knowledge with other people. So if this episode really brought somebody that you know into fruition in your brain and you know that they can learn from this conversation, I would love it if you shared it with them because the more people that can learn from this type of conversation, I think the better the game of softball gets. And who knows, maybe this will be shared with other people in other sports because I truly believe some of these conversations, they don't just hit the game of softball, they hit all sports. And if there are people that come to your brain, I would love more than anything if you shared it. If you do share it, make sure you tag me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social platform you hang out on. I would love to see that you're sharing this and I would love to see some of your favorite parts. If you do share it, make sure to tag me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Guys, I'm even on TikTok, Ashley B Training. 
and at smashly underscore four is where you can find me and make sure you tell me which part was your favorite. I want to know what resonated with you so that I can create more content like that for you to share with your softball community. I can't wait to share another episode with you. Same time, same place next week. See you later.